This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. It's printed and I can't find it. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, gun control tyrants like Gavin Newsom just don't get it. Making good people defenseless just does not make bad people harmless. Instead of using the word gun control, they should use victim disarmament. And if you believe in the Second Amendment, and if you believe that good people deserve the best tools to defend themselves and their family, and then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that's fighting in the, in the defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. $10 a month. Come on. How hard is that? Go to sdcgo.org backslash join to become a member. $10 a month. Can't buy breakfast for that. No, no kidding. You can't I know. It's for ridiculous. That. It is ridiculous how expensive everything is getting. So, so we welcome got, back. Thank you, man. Went and deck, seen, seen the dad. Yeah. Went on a little road trip. Saw the countryside. It was what beautiful. What did you guys do this time? We, we, well, we had to, I had to drive him from Wisconsin to Virginia. Did you? Oh, what a trip. It was it was beautiful. Went to Mackinac Island, which is like, it's this little island in uh, in the middle of one of the Great Lakes yeah. um, in Michigan. And uh, it's beautiful. It's like their Catalina. Okay. All right. It's like, it's really what it, that's really what it is. It's like their Catalina. And uh, went and did that. You know, saw some folks along the way. Went and saw a uh, a bunker that w- that was set up for Congress back in the oh, Cold just, War. Just in case. Just in case, eleven hundred people were going to escape. See, you took my word. If you're going to travel, you got to stop someplace every day of importance. Oh, we did. Well, we went to the Flight 93 Memorial. Oh, uh, that, which was that eerie. Well, um, you know, I was. I just happened to. Have, I was. I visited it in 2011 on the day that bin Laden got shot. Um, and back then, it was like a trailer and some chain-link fence. Now, it is a state-of-the-art, beautiful facility. Wow. I was so blown away. I was so touched. It was really, really beautiful. Yeah, I would say. But it was cool. It was all a lot of fun. Right. Went through uh, you know, Wisconsin and then uh, Michigan and then into Ohio, mm-hmm. and I learned that you know that, you know, that Midwest nice, that Minnesota and, and, and Michigan and, yeah. and, and, uh, and Wisconsin, Wisconsin have. Yeah, that ends in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Midwest nice no in Ohio, nice. man. They're just it's like it's like Midwest New York, you know. I, no kidding. Yeah, and then we went over to uh, you know Maryland and a little bit of uh, a little bit of Maryland and some yeah. West Virginia and then up Virginia. It was beautiful. What'd nice, you drive? A little road trip. My dad's got a minivan. Oh, t- yeah, this is a minivan. The, truck, just, the I, trucksters. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We just uh, I just flew out there to. He needed a co-pilot. That's awesome. It was fun. It was good. It was good spending time. With well, you need man. to do more of that with your dad, anyway. Yeah, I well, bet the stories are just endless. Yeah, well, it's just nice spending time with the old guy. Yeah, and you collect his few more watch pictures on yeah. Instagram. He, uh, he, yeah, he gave me a watch, which was super nice. Like yeah. it's a little kind of. But a, you also were able. Did you catch? You must have <laughs> captured some on your trip. I, I did. Because I, I watch. Yeah, watch. You watch the watch watches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
All right, so let's so do what'd a little you miss? preview. What did you miss here in San Diego? Well, here, here's what we got coming up on the show. San Diego Gun Show coming up. We get, this is going to be awesome. our second gun show since they shut down the uh, show in Del Mar. I think, we, I think we have a call-in. Do we have a call-in guest here? I don't know. Hey, Brandon. Yeah, we do. There Carlos, right? Hey, that's me. How's hey, going? Carlos. Hey, buddy, Good, man. Hey, so listen, uh, San Diego Gun Show on October 21st and 22nd, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Talk to us about it. Okay. Did we lose you? I'll, I'll fill in some blanks. <laughs> so we're having a gun show on October 21st. Hello? Oh, yep. there he is. Carlos? Are you there? Okay. Sorry. I thought I lost you there. Okay, cool. Yeah, October 21st, 22nd. Talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah, pretty much. It's going to be over at the same place, over at the lodge there. Um, we are actually really excited because, I mean, like I said, this is the second one. First one went off without a hitch. Let me tell you, it was like pulling, uh, it was like pulling teeth. It was crazy trying to get this thing going. Um and since then, I mean, obviously we've gone from just uh, San Diego there. I think we're in, what, six different cities there in California. I mean, this is just, this has been fun. It's been incredible. Wow. Um, it's been yeah, fun. I mean, and it, and it was, if you guys went to the first one, which was nice, but it was our, it was our kind of our first, uh, first one since, you know, like I said, that since they shut down the one in Del Mar, this one's going to be even better. We have food trucks. We have a Hawaiian food truck that's going to be there so you can purchase lunch. We have a dessert truck there, so you can purchase dessert. Mm. There's going to be uh, a coffee sponsor, so you can get some coffee. Um, we're going to have guns. Uh, some of the local gun shops are going to come, and, and you're, we're actually going to have uh, guns, uh, which is very, very awesome. And, uh, and of course, the symposium. If you buy a ticket to come into the show, um, Gun Owners Radio, we're putting on a symposium. We're, we're, uh, Sheriff Martinez is going to be there, and she's going to talk. Wow. And then we have a bunch of other guest speakers that are going to talk, a bunch of other vendors. And, Carlos, I think this is uh, – I, I want us to be your best California gun show, uh, period. I want San Diego to be the jewel in your California crown, and I, I think we're headed that direction. I think we are too, man. I got some big things on the horizon. I'm not going to say nothing right now. I'd hate to get the governor all riled up and try and shut us down on that idea. Right. But, no, I love San Diego. And like I said, we've been working on something. Um, you guys will be the first ones to know about it as soon as it comes out. Great. But, no, right now, this is our favorite right now. The crowd has been so welcoming. Yeah. I mean, I've been to some places, man, where they look at us like we're just outsiders. Yeah. We've had protesters, but... I love San Diego. San Diego, you guys have been good to us. Yeah, weather's not this bad. It's a gun owner symposium too. Yeah. So, where did you say this was for people that maybe just missed last year's? What's the location? So it's down over at Lodge. Down over. I'm trying to remember what's the name. It's of the, the, street the on that. The it's on it's Tommy. Masonic, oh, on Tommy uh, Boulevard, right. right? It's the Masonic Lodge over by Navajo on right. on uh, off of Tommy. I'll give you the exact address. It's the Masonic Temple off Navajo on 7849 Tommy Drive, San Diego, California. So it's about as far east in the city of San Diego as you can get before you get to, like, La Mesa and right. Santee. Right. Um, so here's what you do, though. To get more information, go to gunownersradio.com, gunownersradio.com, and, and we have all the information you need. Ticket prices. Yeah, all the other. What are ticket prices, Carlos? So the ticket prices on that one, I believe those are 15 And if you go to our website, we should have a, we a coupon on there as well. Wow. Or go to our Facebook, Gun Radio, T or excuse me, Gun Radio, or at uh, Gun TV. We should have it on both both of our uh, pages. 
Perfect. Okay. And we're going to do everything we can to tell everybody in San Diego and, and get them to show up. And, guys, this isn't just going to a gun show. We need you to show up, buy a ticket, find something you like, tell all your friends about how great that one thing that you liked was, uh, and get them to go too. We, we you know, Carlos, uh, Gun Owners Radio, everybody, we want to grow this thing. We want it to be huge again. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're in the stepping stone stage right now. So we need you to come out not just to see cool stuff because you're going to see some cool stuff, not just to eat some good food because that's there too, but we just need you to show up as a way to support what we're doing here. And um, you need to find out that you cannot buy a gun at the show and walk out the door with it. Yeah. Everybody seems to think that this is a loophole and this is a way to get a gun. No, you cannot do it. All this is is a great big, huge gun store, but you still got to wait 10 days. You still got to do the background check. Yep. You still got to do all your paperwork. And I just wanted to really emphasize that because if somebody just clicks in, they're going, oh, the gun show's back. Well, now the, the loophole's open again. It's not. It's not. Exactly right. Carlos, thank you so much. I We're going to tell con- you how many times I, I get calls, and that's the I number know. one thing everyone's yeah, asking. ridiculous. And, that's and why. They that's why. Right out, and it's yeah. like, nope, nope. That's why I threw it out there because I wanted people to know that that is not the case, but you'll have the time of your life. If nothing else, the symposiums yeah. have got some of the great topics. Let me touch on a couple other things. Carlos, thank you so much. We're going to promote this thing, and we're going to make it successful, and thank you guys so much for coming out here and helping us with this gun show and put it on and everything. So thank you. No, I can't wait to see you guys again. I appreciate everything you guys do for us, and I can't wait to sit down with your symposium again. Good, 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 good. Cool. So we have prizes, Glock 17 from 2C, three-day pistol class from Gunsight, gear from 511, free annual memberships, uh, a Vulcan rifle bag, guns from Discount Gun Mart and from Poway Weapons and Gear, coffee, speakers, food, and, of course, you can get a discount if you go to gunownersradio.com slash symposium. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have a legal matter that involves firearms, you need California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now. 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon, California firearms lawyer. 760-642-7150. So our next guest is, uh, we had him on before a few months ago, and I, it sort of went really, really well. Do you remember Don Mann a few, few months mm-hmm, ago? This, mm-hmm. this, he was a, spent a career as a SEAL. Yeah. And now he does a whole bunch of stuff. He's, he's, he's an author. He's a speaker. Um, and uh, is a phenomenally interesting guy. So we, we got him back on. I wanted to, him to come back on and talk about all kinds of stuff. So, Don, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's nice to be back speaking with you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming back and uh, talking with us. How, how have you been? Oh, you know, I've been doing fine. I've been uh, glued to the news the last uh, day or so. 
with what's going on in Israel, and that's got me, uh, you know, d- definitely interested in what's going on over there. You, you know and what I'm doing fine. You know what I've noticed, Don, about that, and uh, you know, I it's you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a little out of my swim lane, you know, in in you know international affairs. I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a simple, uh, you know, Second Amendment activist uh, here in San Diego. But uh, you know what I've noticed is um, the media typically, I wouldn't describe them as being on Israel's side normally. They're, they're kind of, you know, the, the media is a little bit, uh, Israel's kind of the bully, the big bad bully. And, you know, gee golly gosh, they should stop picking on Hamas and, you know, and and that's that's kind of the the tone from like the general, especially the mainstream media. And this is so bad that even the mainstream media appears to be siding with with Israel. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? I agree, and it kind kind of brings me back to nine eleven, where the left and the right all agreed that you know what a terrible thing to happen. And then it didn't take long after that for the far left and the left in general to start forgetting about it and not mentioning it and then stating that it's really our fault. Basically, we even planned the mission to go after our own buildings. So it didn't really take long. And, and, and I would be surprised if that doesn't happen again. You know, the left, uh, back to Obama and Biden, they've been pretty much anti-Israel the whole time, and um, I don't. I you know, if you if we had a president like Trump in office, typically Trump for all his faults, but typically because of his strengths, typically things like this don't happen when you have a strong leader. But when you have a weak leader, things like this happen more often. And I'm I'm worried because the left, the media, they they are mostly like you mentioned, kind of anti-Israel. But when something like this happens, they're pro-Israel, and then the media comes out in groves saying how terrible we are. And look at these terrible attacks on these poor Palestinian people. And look at these poor kids and these women who have been brutalized and killed by the Israeli bombs and planes and stuff that U.S. supplied. And then it turns back. It's, it's almost like a repeat of the same story over and over and over. And I don't mean to sound like a pessimist. I think more so I'm just relating back to what happens every time there's some real crisis like this occurring in the world. Now, what was the, so you were, when you were, you were a SEAL in, what, what years were you, were you active duty uh, SEAL? Well, I've been in, you know, now military and U.S. government for 45 years. And the military was 77 to 98. And then since 98, I've been working with the government, which is what I do now. So, as a contractor. So in the eight in the eighties and nineties, what uh, describe the relationship? What was what was you know the, your awareness as a as a special operations person? What was your awareness and what was the relationship with with Israel? Well, you know, I've, I've worked with the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. I've worked with them in Israel. I've worked with them at other places in the world, and um, we had a ton of respect and admiration for them basically because they are surrounded by their enemy and they're basically at war all the time. And they're very, very professional. They're not like these bloodthirsty savages. They're professional soldiers and and diplomats and government officials who just want to take care and protect their land. And um, 
and I, I have nothing but respect for the Israelis and the IDF and the, uh, you know, the Mossad and the whole Israel from Israeli uh, military and government forces combined. They are they're 100 percent professional and only all they want is security of their country. That's all they want. Is that? I mean, is that who? Uh, is that who the uh, the United States is is uh, tightest with in the Middle East? Is Israel, or, or are there some uh, surrounding countries that we're equally as tight with? Well, if that's such a good question, you know, Israel started in forty seven. We were their first friends, and we've been uh, allies and friends ever since. Other countries, you know, uh, Jordan. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, they come and go, different phases, different strains. Sometimes you can trust them 100%. Sometimes you trust them 10%. But <laughs> yeah. Israel has been our steadfast ally since the beginning of Israel. So it, never, it's, it all, you know, high school, everything, it really, <laughs> high school, it doesn't really change, does it? We all just have, you know, bigger, more expensive toys, but it's all very uh, clicky and you know, and backstabby, and who we're not sure who you know, your friends this week, but not your friends next week, and <laughs> it, it never really changes, does it? Every, every lesson you need to know in life, you could probably learn in high school. You know? <laughs> you know, that's so true because what one of the government agencies' things is, uh, you work with everybody in the world because today they may be your friend, tomorrow they may be your enemy, but at least you get the information from them while they're your friend, and. Um, the people you trust today, we know that we might not trust them tomorrow, but let's work together, learn as much as we can from them, gain as much as we can from them, and be ready if they turn them, turn on us. And, and that happens in the Middle East all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So talk to me about reaching beyond boundaries. Okay, so reaching beyond boundaries, it's actually the name of the talk I do around the country, and it's also a book I wrote. And um, it's, it's probably what I'm most passionate about in my life. Wow. Is, uh, you know, the reason is, is you know, I, I got out of the military in 98, like I mentioned, and I was at SEAL Team 1, SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 6, and I was with some really highly motivated people, to say the least. And, um, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And then you step out, and then you start realizing, wow, a lot of the people that I'm seeing and working with and dealing with, they're not very motivated. They don't push themselves very hard. And um, one thing I like to mention is that we all have goals, but I see, when I saw as soon as I got out, that a lot of people in the civilian population, they set their goals low, and they reach those low-set goals, and they go home, they're happy with themselves, those people will never reach their full potential. Mm. I, I see it opposite of that. Why not set your goals really, really high, way higher than you ever think you could achieve them? Call that a macro goal, and then set a, a series of micro goals in order to reach that macro goal. And um, once I adopted this philosophy in my life, I mean, basically, I, I achieved every macro goal I've set. And uh, I really think that would work for no matter what you do in this world, uh, as far as an occupation or sport or hobby or whatever. You set some huge macro goal, and like, for instance, for me, it was sports. I went to a 600-mile adventure race. How do I do a 600-mile adventure race where I paddle and hike and climb these 20,000-foot mountains 
and go without day, you know, go days without sleep or eating. So what I would do is I would uh, go 24 hours nonstop. It's a micro goal. Okay, I did it. I went 24 hours. That wasn't so bad. Next week, I'm going to have to go 48 hours. I'm going to push myself harder. I've got to have a faster average speed on that bicycle and the mountain bike. And the water, I've got to hit the class four and class five. And I'm going to go 48 hours nonstop, just as an example. So these were micro goals because before you know it, you accomplish that 10-day or 11-day race that was a macro goal. And then you could take that macro goal you've accomplished, bring it down to the micro goal level, because now that's the stepping stone for your next macro goal, which might be something bigger or more challenging or further or something like that. And and that's what reaching beyond boundaries is all about. So what advice? So you, so let's, goals let's say you, you have Sorry. somebody who, uh, uh, you know, they're, maybe they have spent their, their last, uh, most of their adult life or whatever, uh, you know, not setting high goals, not achieving their full potential. Um, let's say they're sitting in a cubicle every day and, and you know, they go to their job and then they go home and they do their thing and whatever. And they go to, you know, bed, bath and beyond on the weekends or whatever. You know what I mean? Kind of the person that, that you're describing that, gosh, this person has so much more potential. What advice would you give them? You know, uh, how, what, what, if, if they're listening to this show and they're thinking, gosh, you know, I think I could get so much more out of life. I'd love to follow suit. What would you say to that person? Well, sadly, I would say what, who you just described, I think that's quite a few people in our country. I think it is, but too. I, I yeah. Would, yeah. I would like to say, I know you can fall into that routine, and you have family, and you have chores, and you have things you have to do around the house and things like that, and you have to spend 8 to 10 hours behind that cubicle. But there's still ways you could make that more challenging. And you could say, you know, even at work, behind the cubicle, no matter what the job is, Oh, are you there? You there, Don? You, we, I think we may have lost you. Yeah, I got hurt a little. Click. But, he's, but, you know, he's on the right track. There, there he is, Don. Don? I think we're having some technical yeah. difficulties. Are, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, okay, so so the person I described is is far too common. So so we we lost it for about the last minute. So how how would that person break out of that mold and say, hey, you know what? I do want to be great. I do want to challenge myself. What's your advice? Okay, I'm um, sorry about that cutoff. I don't know what happened, but it's I okay. would. I unfortunately, I know there are people like that and <laughs> get stuck in routines. But you know, you go to the cubicle and you don't look at it. I'll tell you what, Don, we're going to go to a break, and then maybe we can work some of the technical difficulties out, and we're going to have you right back. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial unless you're going to fix your phone. <laughs> right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1178. The Answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961-AM-1170. The answer. Hey, if you listen to Gun Owner Radio, you know how I feel about our current government and financial system. So it's no secret I'm a big believer in diversifying your money with precious metals like gold and silver. But when it comes to buying precious metal, you need the right company in your corner. That's why we're partnered with the top-rated precious metal company, Gold Co., because reputations matter. Gold Co. 
is a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, and they help people like you and me place over $2 billion in gold and silver. And right now, they're offering gun owner radio supporters up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account. This is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control corrupt government. Don't pass it up. Grab your phone today and give Gold Co. a call. Uh, Take action today so you don't regret it tomorrow. Call Gold Co. at 855-612-6354. That's 855-612-6354. Tell them you heard it right here on Gun Owners Radio. All right, we're talking to our guest, Don Mann, and we were just talking about uh, some of the things he specializes in and some of the things that he took away uh, from being a career SEAL um, that helped him uh, excel and succeed now, Don, your message of uh, you know pushing yourself and setting goals uh, beyond what what you think you you can achieve, and you know um, uh, that's a uh, well, I guess it's a it's a it's a familiar message from folks that have spent years on on a on a SEAL team. Do you think that they are there because that's who they are? In other words. Are they people who push themselves and that's why they're a SEAL? Or do you think that the SEAL teams and, and that whole experience makes them, um, you know, th- th- this hyper-driven kind of person? Or do you think it's it's kind of a complementary uh, mixture of both? You know, I, I do like what you just said. It's a complementary mixture of both, mainly because you can't be the type of kid who hangs around the couch and plays computer games all day long and then get up and say, I want to be a SEAL. That's not really what happens. It's the guys who are out there playing sports, pushing themselves, you know, maybe getting in a little trouble here and there, but uh, really pushing the limits and then thinking, what can I do in the military that's super challenging? You kind of have to have that mindset before wanting to go to BUDS, which is basic underwater demolition SEAL training. And, and I do, and actually I had a long talk with a SEAL buddy of mine just the other day, and uh, we were talking about that, that it's not the SEALs make people, it's the people who come in make the SEALs is kind of what happens. Mm. You know, you have these like-minded people who come in there with this attitude that, hey, bring it on. I want something really tough, and I'll give you my all. I'll give it my all. And that's kind of what we have, and that's what we want, but it doesn't work the other way. You, You can't come in as, say, this low-achieving, couch-potato-type guy who doesn't really like pushing themselves up. and You can't do that and then expect to be a SEAL in a year. Yeah. You have to have the mindset before coming in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Have you? I mean, is it? does it ever happen? It seems like it's like, you know, everybody's been in, like, a group project or they've been in a class or they've been on a team and there's one or two people that ex- excel, and it seems like, that one or that what that one person that that really excels, you know, those are the type of people that actually make it, you know, into the you know through SEAL training and then into a, a SEAL team. So it's like an entire unit of of people who were the best in their team, best in their class, best in their group, you know, whatever. But have you? Is there? Does it ever happen? Have you, in your experience, do you ever see somebody who, sure enough, made it through training, made it through buds, got their trident, you know, they're a SEAL, and then six. Twelve months into it, they're like, oh, you know what? This 
I, I, I this person's not cutting it. You know, we we thought, or, or or is it, or is it, or by the time they get there, they're so well trained and vetted that, that it, it's impossible to fail. Yeah, that's what I think it is because you finally go through all the vetting process. Buds is a pretty good vetting process. That six seven month process. Then you get out, but then when you go to a team, you don't even get your trident right away, your pin, your medal. You don't get that we call it the Budweiser. You don't get that right away. Uh, you have to go through some training, some advanced training. And then if the team accepts you, and I say accept, meaning you've passed all the advanced qualifications that go far and beyond what Bud's offers, then you get that trident pinned on. Pretty much at that point, it's really, really rare people don't like being in the teams because they know what, what the road ahead lies. You know, they know what's going to happen ahead, and they know what's to be expected. And pretty much you just keep your, your mouth shut, your ears and eyes open, and you listen, and you watch all the veterans and the guys who know what's going on, and you pay attention to them, and you learn just by watching and learning from them and then before you know it, you start having a voice. I really haven't, I can't think of any examples, actually, when someone's come in, they get into the teams, they get their trident, they're a full-fledged seal, and then they say, I don't really like it. The, I guess, you know, the, the closest I can come to an example like that is a guy who's only in for four years. He wants it on his resume. It's a stepping stone for him to do something else. He just wants to see what being a seal is like. But most people, I can only think of a handful of people who are only in for four years. Once you're in there, well, I can tell you how I thought. I, had, I think this is how most people think. This is the greatest thing in the world. Why would I ever want to do anything else? Because my initial plan was to spend four years and then get out. But, boy, I certainly didn't want to get out. I couldn't wait to re-up every single time because there was absolutely nothing outside a SEAL team I wanted to do. And I think that's how most people think in the teams. Uh, you guys are all characters, too. I, I've never met an uninteresting SEAL. <laughs> you guys are all, you know what I mean? They're, they're, your, your sense of humor, uh, your, uh, your awareness, you know, your personality. I've never met an uninteresting SEAL. Um, you know, my, uh, my dad was in the Navy, and he worked with some folks that were SEALs. And so, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, I get to I get to – you know, meet a few and, and they were always, uh, you know, there were some of the most interesting people I met growing up. Um, uh, you know, it, it, they were hilarious too. That she has hilarious stories. My dad had hilarious stories, you know, working with, uh, some of the seals. So it was, you didn't happen to, this is kind of random. You didn't happen to know a master chief Burwell, did you? Matt Burwell? Burwell. Uh, I don't know his first name. Matthew I just knew him. Burwell? I just knew him as master chief Burwell. He's a master chief in the eighties. Well, I did know a Matt Burwell. I don't know if he made it to Master Chief, <laughs> but I would in the eighties. Um, he might have been a little too young back then. He was Burwell, this I guy. Was, I, would, I would have to say probably not. Probably not. He was a Vietnam vet, but man, he was one of the. He said yeah. the hilarious stories uh, from this guy, and uh, I don't know. He, I thought maybe if you, if you knew him, because he he uh, my my dad had the story about how they were taking a tour of the the Tower of of London in in in, in England. And it's a it's a weapons tour. Basically, they start from like you know sticks and stones, and they work their way up to modern, you know, uh, 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 weapons. And you know, it's in it's in England, and they skipped right over the American Revolution. 
And Master Chief Burwell brought it up and said, hey, wait a minute. You guys didn't say anything about the American Revolution. And like this prim and proper Englishman said, well, we don't really consider that a significant uh, time period in, in, in our uh, military history. And he said, well, I guess yeah. not. A bunch of drunken squirrel hunters beating the tar out of the entire British Army. I can see why you wouldn't. <laughs> anyway. Yep, that's, that's a team guy statement right there for sure. <laughs> so what's, yeah, let me ask you, Doc, what, like, what, what's, your, what's your goal? Like you've recognized that, hey, you know what? People can be so much better. You know, people can, can I can bring things that I've learned and, 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 and bring the person I've become to the masses, um, you know, and, and I'm sure it's, it's, it's interesting and fun, but I'll bet you there's kind of a deeper goal. I'll bet you there's something about this that really drives you. And I'm curious if that's something you're able to describe. Well, you know, you, you learn a lot in the teams, you grow up pretty fast and skill sets, you know, shooting, diving, jumping, you know, ops, tactics and all that. Everybody learns that stuff, and you learn it all, and you get really good at it. And um, and some guys, they take away certain things they learn in the teams, or even before the teams. But talking about being in the teams, some guys really, really take away, for instance, like in your line of work, weapons. I mean, I don't really even understand what some of our really top-notch weapons guys are talking about when they start talking about reloads and the ammo and the calibers and ballistics and all that, they go so far over my head, but they've really locked on to weapons. And the same with jumping. You know, I've got hundreds of jumps, almost a thousand actually. But when you talk to a real, what we call sky god, a guy who's like, you know, he's, he's on James, in the James Bond movies because he does the stunt doubles or playing the stunts coming out of airplanes <laughs> and having a knife fight, falling out of an airplane, then deploying the parachute. And or doing maybe a hundred way relative work connection in the sky, or doing a hey ho at forty thousand feet, high altitude, high opening. I mean, when you when I talk to those guys, I feel so basic, like I barely even know what they're talking about, you know. <laughs> but it works. And everything we do, there's some people who grab onto something that that they learn or they they experience and adapt to really, really tightly in the teams. And for me, I think it was as a, as a SEAL medic, I love being a SEAL medic. I love taking care of people when they really needed it. Not so much sick call, like I've got athletes foot or a headache. I could care less about that. But when somebody shot up or not, you know, I've, I've seen all types of things, those people I loved helping. But even beyond that, I would say the thing I took away from the teams, and I had it before I got in the teams, is what you asked me earlier is a philosophy of what I call reaching beyond boundaries. And really, not, not so much for myself anymore, but I, talked, I did three talks last week, talking to groups of people, and they could be kids, they could be billionaires in New York, which I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, they could be doctors from somewhere, but they all can grasp what I'm trying to say, and um, as that is, reach beyond your self-perceived limitations. Go higher. It only takes two things, a mindset, what we call in the teams, a combat mindset, but a mindset saying, I can do anything in this world. But also the, the goal setting, set that macro goal way high, and then just simply develop a series of micro goals 
until you reach that medical goal. And it's fun. It's challenging. You're talking about that guy behind the cubicle. Yeah. Instead of coming to work and dreading that eight to ten hours, you got to sit behind that computer. Think, okay, now I got something challenging for myself. You know, the boss didn't tell me to do this. Nobody expects this of me. But I'm going to do a side project while I'm here. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Or what I have to do? Yeah, I'll do that. But yeah. then I'm going to do so much more afterwards. And it, when you challenge yourself, it's just much more rewarding and a lot more fun. And you feel so much better about yourself. And you go home thinking, wow, I accomplished a lot today. And that's a big difference to going home thinking, yeah, well, I had those low-set goals and I achieved them. Same thing tomorrow, same thing for the next 14 years or whatever. Hey, but, hey, um, bud, hey, can I just jump in for a second? got to go pay some bills, but we'd love you to stay <laughs> one more segment. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, right. Don. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, have you ever wanted to be get a pilot's license? Yes. Well, here in San Diego, you should. Because yes. here in San Diego, pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out this deal. Just for gun owner radio listeners, one hour of ground school, one hour of flight with an instructor. Yes, you do get to fly. Normally $400, but for the listeners, it's only $350. Getting started is super easy. Give them a call at 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. You know, Don, the thing I like, and I think the thing I was I was, I was was trying to get at, is that you seem very, um, you seem very uh, interested in, in making those around you better. Um, you seem really interested, maybe even, I'm not sure what the word is, compassionate, empathetic, um, but you definitely seem like the kind of person who is, uh, who's who's very interested, who really, really enjoys making people around him into a better person. And I, I think that's such an admirable trait. I don't know, maybe, am I describing that accurately? Well, thanks for saying that. And um, I, I do feel like that's what I like to do. So I think it might be admirable in one sense, might be selfish in another sense. <laughs> it really makes me feel good when I can do that for other people. And, um, and, and, you know, we all have things that we excel at. And if I had one thing, that would be it, helping others to maybe get more out of their lives. It's what I like to believe I can share with others. And, um, yeah, it is a passion. You know, people said, man, you're doing a talk with Michael Jordan. You're doing a talk with Monica Lewinsky. You're doing a talk with Ben Carson. Aren't you worried about that? I said, no, not at all. I have so much heart and belief in what I'm saying. I don't care who I talk to. I believe in it. And and um, I just um, believe in the message, you know, beyond, beyond anything else in life that I believe in, really, you know. It's that we can all get so much more out of our lives if we only open up our minds Get that mindset we need. Have a more powerful, your mind can grow each and every day. It can get stronger each and every day. And as it does, you can achieve more each and every day. 
And I, I know that doesn't work just for SEALs. It doesn't work just for pilots or police officers or athletes. It works for everybody, no matter what you do in life. That, that mindset works. And, um, and I've really never heard anybody say, that doesn't make sense. It's, I don't want to live a life that's, I'm always pushing myself. But it's, when you push yourself a little bit more, your life is more rewarded and you're happier at the end of the day. And I've, I've never heard that criticism. You know, I've only heard positive comments about it. It is. Except and that, for the people who want to kick back and relax only. Yeah, it, it drives me crazy, Don. It's something I've, I've thought about and talked about with other people. And you're, you're, you're kind of hitting on it. Um, you know, if you sleep in and you go, you know, have a piece of cake for breakfast, you know, and, and you skip your workout and, uh, you know, and then nachos for lunch, and then you watch TV for four hours. You know, you feel horrible. You feel horrible. Um, if you wake up early and you, uh, you know, you, you go bang out a workout and you have something healthy for breakfast, and then you, uh, you know, you, 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 you know, you start early on work and you get something accomplished, blah, blah, blah. you feel you're on top of the world. You feel like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm unstoppable. But, you know, the next morning, you know, if someone says, hey, you know, let's let's get out of bed and go do, you know, go run five miles, you know, or someone says, hey, let's get out of bed and, and you know, eat eat some more birthday cake, you know, <laughs> which one are you more motivated to do? I mean, it's the craziest feeling in the world, Don, that, that things that make you feel good, you know, that the hard work uh, that you put in that makes you feel good, it, it's still the toughest thing in the world to get started. Meanwhile, the things that make you feel horrible are so easy. You know, they're so easy for people to do. Uh, I don't know. What what are your what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? On, how do you get around that? And what what are your why is it that way? Well, I had an opportunity to be with one of those people a few weeks ago, and it was my grandson. Actually, my my stepdaughter has a son, and I I, I feel like he's my grandson. But I love the little guy. He's nine years old, and he spends his whole life on a computer and on his laptop and on his iPhone, and he's a great little guy. And I'm always talking to the parents, hey, get him outside. You live in Colorado. Get him outside. You know, go biking or trail running or rock climbing or something with him. But he's always on the computer, always on his iPhone. It drives me crazy. So anyways, they let me take care of him for nine days a few weeks ago. And his name's Sawyer, and he's nine years old. And I picked him up at the airport. I said, Sawyer, you know, uh, you're, you're with me for nine days, and I'm going to have some rules. He said, I know. My parents already told me, <laughs> you're not going to let me on my laptop. You're not let me on my iPad. I'm not going to be able to be on my cell phone. I said, no, 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 those aren't the rules at all. You, your parents gave me nine days of homework we have to do. And all you, you can go on the laptop or iPad anytime you want. But before you do, we're going to do a page of homework. He said, oh, that sounds good. I said, also, Sawyer, what I like to do is I like to tell young people four things. All they have to do is four things in life. If they want to do something physically challenging, maybe be a SEAL or a Marine or a Ranger or a Delta Force or a firefighter or something. But if you want to do something physically challenging in your life, you only have to do four things and it'll happen. So every day you get up and make yourself stronger somehow. You figure out how, but make yourself stronger, number one. Number two, every day do something to make yourself faster. 
if you're into sports, do farlicks, speed run, hill run, hill repeats, uh, speed work on the track. But anyways, whatever it is, swim, swim um, speed workouts in the pool. But if you can do 120 sit-ups in three minutes, do 130 in, you know, the same amount of time. But every day, do something to make yourself faster. More importantly, number three is every day do something to make yourself smarter. Learn about what you want to do. Learn about what you're interested in. There's so much information out there on the website now. Go learn about If you want to be a SEAL, go learn about these 90-plus countries SEALs are operating in. Learn how to shoot. Learn about weapons we're shooting. Go take a skydiving course. Go jumping. Learn how to dive. Get your scuba qualification. But most importantly, number four, every day do something good for somebody. Hmm. If you help a teammate, you help your little brother or your mother or your father or your neighbor or a classmate, you do something good for them, you're going to develop into a really, really good teammate as well as a great person too. But when it comes to selection, you're nine years old. When it comes to whatever you want to be, if it's something challenging or get on the football team or go to Bud's or anything physically challenging, and those are those four areas you concentrated on, you just might end up being the fastest and smartest and strongest person there. But you're also going to be the person that everybody wants on the team because all you know is doing good things for people. And uh, so I told them those were, those were my rules. Wow. You know, so we did that every day. Every day I lift weights in my gym. I have a gym in my garage. I said, sorry, you're nine years old. You can't do everything I'm doing, but you have to do something. If you can't do those lap pull-downs, just do something else, but there's no breaks. 45 minutes every day, we'll do a weight workout. And he did it with me. <laughs> and then I said, then I go running in the mountains. I live on the Appalachian Trail, and I do a, a, a run in the mountains in the afternoons. I said, you don't have to keep up with me. You don't even have to run. You could walk if you want to. I'm not going to walk. I'm going to run, but I'll come back and forth for you. And then I'm going to time you because I want to see how fast you go per minute, per mile. And then... Every day, you're going to get smarter because we're going to do your homework together. And so we did that for nine days. Mm. He ended up doing like 28 days of homework. I let him on his website all those times. He loved it. And then when he started doing his homework, I said, well, you got to do something more than just the basic, yeah, I'm doing my homework. Do it better than the basic. Okay, now Excel. Really, really blow this answer away. And he said, I, I'm loving this. I really like it. <laughs> said, but I didn't do anything good for anybody today. I said, yeah, you did. You taught me how to do this new math. I didn't know this anything about this math you're doing. So anyways, the long story short is when his parents came back from the vacation, Sawyer was used to being on a couch with his laptop and his iPhone. He said, Mom, Dad, I want to stay here with Papa. And I want to keep working out. And, you know, there was one time we were doing a three-mile trail run super, super steep, and he was doing 20-minute miles, and I was, you know, 20 minutes per mile. I said, sorry, that's pretty good for these steep trails. Next day, we did a four-miler. The next day, we did a five-miler, and he uh, got really tired on the five-miler, so we went back to the three-miler, and he fell, and I heard him crash down behind me. His elbows, his knees got all bloody, and I picked him up, and I hugged him. I said, sorry, you're okay. You're bleeding, but you're okay. My watch is still going. You have to go faster today than the last time we did this three-miler. He broke his time by three miles. <laughs> we got back. I said, you want, you want me to wash off your wounds or put bandage on? He goes, no, no, I, I'm okay. He just <laughs> toughened up so much. 
and he loved learning, and he loved pushing himself. And when his parents came back, he said, I want to live here with Papa. <laughs> that was my last person I got to do that with. <laughs> Don, how can people find out more about you? What do, you have a, do you have a website, or what do you recommend? I do. My name's Don, D-O-N, man, M-A-N-N, but I'm at Don at U.S. Frogman with two N's, dot com. Thank you, Don. All right, buddy. Take care. Keep that kid running. See you again. All right. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the fight for Second Amendment is also happening in Orange County and Inland Empire. Orange County gun owners and Inland Empire gun owners, they lead the fight on the city and county levels to defend and protect your self-defense rights. How do they do it? Well, they do it by fundraising, getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join. Or if you're in Orange County, that's ocgunowners.com slash join. And join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment right. That's iegunowners.com or ocgunowners.com. All right, we got some winners. Yeah, we do. Winners, prizes, and events. Subscribe and win. Subscribe to our email list and win some swag. This week's winner Joe Finnell. Or is that Finnell? Joe Finnell. 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 F I N N E L L. Congratulations, Joe. If you just uh, email prizes at gunownersradio.com and you can claim your t shirt or hat. So that's prizes, P R I Z E S, at gunownersradio.com to claim your shirt or hat. Now, if you want to win some cool stuff, then go to gunownersradio.com, subscribe to be on our, our uh, what do you call it, newsletter, yep. our email list. Mm hmm. And uh, Rich will send you out some uh, really cool information. Right now, the thing that you should be interested in that Gun Owners Radio is talking about is, of course, the gun show. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be huge. You'll be able to physically go and look and touch and hold guns. You can't buy them. You can look at them. I mean, if you want to buy them, you can. You can turn around and take a business card and just go over to the, yeah. the store. Yeah, when you go to their business the next gonna day Because there's going to have businesses yep. there that are going to be representing. Right. Which, by the way, isn't any different. That's how it was at the other gun shows. It was a little different, but uh, but that's what you do, and it's October 21st and October 22nd. But the other thing I really want to point out is uh, this symposium. You know, this is all rich. This is all gun owners radio. Um, it's his baby, and he's done a fantastic job. 
we're going to have Sheriff Martinez. She's going to come out and talk. Particularly, I think we're going to probably hear from her on what it's going to look like with SB2 mm-hmm. and the way that they're changing the CCW process and the way that they're changing the way uh, the places you can carry. Now, I know you guys talked about it in the past, but you know, we while I was on the road, we filed a lawsuit. Right. That's what I heard. I'm very, very proud of that. Um, uh, we're doing everything we can. We're partnering with Firearms Policy Coalition like we always do. Because they, that's it's 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 such a hand and glove, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, relationship. People are, people ask me often, like, well, gee, how do you work with other organizations? Like, how does it work? Well, this is a perfect example. So we're with Firearms Policy Coalition, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, plaintiffs. Um, I'm a plaintiff. Uh, Garrison Ham is a plaintiff. Um, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition, Second Amendment Foundation, plaintiffs. We'll probably add some more plaintiffs. But the whole point is, uh, you know, there are a number of places that they spelled out in SB2 where people with a CCW would not be able to carry. And it's basically every place outside of your front door, right, Dave? That's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's really what it is. It's really stupid. From, from like, parks to, you know, medical facilities, mm-hmm. parking lots in front of medical facilities. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So what we had to do is we had to find plaintiffs that, were, that frequented, frequented each of those areas we did, and within two hours of Governor Newsom signing that into law, within two hours we had our lawsuit filed. Mm-hmm. We're the very, very first ones to have our lawsuit filed. We're very, very proud of that. We're very, very happy with, with what we're doing. So uh, come listen to Sheriff Martinez talk about uh, some of the changes, some of her thoughts on it. You know, uh, you know put, what, what you don't want to do is listen to your buddy who's going to give you a bunch of false information mm-hmm. You know, come down to the symposium where people are actually talking about it. We're actually going to hear, you know, what what's happening. We're also having a panel uh, uh, of elected officials uh, to talk about what it's like being a pro Second Amendment elected official in the county of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Dane White, the mayor of Escondido, will be one. Uh, Laura Lothian, she's the vice mayor of La Mesa. She'll be uh, one of the other people on the panel. They both confirmed. Um, and we're going to have some others. Um, it's going to be. I'm going to lead the discussion. It'll be very interesting. Um, definitely come down for that. But all day Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have speakers. Are you going to have room? Because you had this at the gun prom, which I didn't get a chance to do. But what's that? That gun simulator. I, I don't think that'll be at the gun show. So that dude comes in from Arizona to support gun prom. You know, he, I bet he, he drives all the way in from Arizona to do that. Isn't that cool? He would be good at the at the at the gun the gun store show. I wonder if we have somebody local. I don't think he'd be able to come all the way back in, but uh, all you gotta do is ask him. But uh, we might be able to find somebody. It'd be an interesting thing. Does that look like that was really popular on on top of it? I think we should have a a dunk dunking booth. You know, except rather than like sh- throw something, shoot something. You shoot something. You know, and we get people to dress up like you know Todd Gloria and you know. <laughs> Why don't we just get Todd to come down? Yeah. Just invite Todd. Say we have an award for you. Yeah. Here, sit right here. Here, put your blindfold on. I first. wonder if we'd do it. I wonder if we I wonder how many like lighthearted, you well, know that other what was that politician that let that gay guy or gay girl spank him? I mean, you what? never know. You didn't see that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta quit traveling. <laughs> anyway, um I wonder if we could get like I wonder if we reached out to like some of the anti gun politicians if they would come down and yeah. I'd even be willing to. What about Fletcher's wife? <laughs> Jeez. 
I, I was about to say all kinds of rude things. I'm not. Gonna I'd like that. to see her go on the water. <clears throat> I wonder. We could even like. We could even agree on like all the money raised goes to a charity that we agree on. Yeah. Like, like kids with yeah. cancer or something like that. I wonder if they do that. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Oh, I think they would. You think well, I could talk an anti-gun politician sure. into letting gun folks uh, <laughs> dunk them for charity? I think it would be hilarious. All right, let me see if I can work on that. Maybe we can you know, do a preview at KUSI early in the morning. <laughs> let me see if I can work on that. Um, okay, so that's the gun show. Please come. Go to gunownersradio.com slash symposium, and you'll see a lot more information on the gun show. But we need you to be there. We need you to be there to support the cause, not just to come to a cool place and see some cool guns and mm-hmm. have some cool food, but we need you to come down. Uh, there are a lot of other gun laws that passed. It was it was a pretty bad day. And the big one, of course, is SB2 mm-hmm. is kind of – it's bigger than all the rest combined. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, of course, is an 11% excise tax, and that's horrible. And I did some press. If you, if you follow San Diego County Gun Owners, if you follow Gun Owners Radio – Follow us on social media or get our email. You, you'll see some of the press that, that we that, that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that eleven percent tax is is really nothing more than a, a poll tax. You know, back in the in the in the sixties and the fifties, um, they had uh, and before they had, especially in the South, to prevent uh, uh, the black community from voting. You know, because they were, you know, the, they were free now, and they but they didn't want them to vote. Uh, so all the the, the racist uh, uh, politicians down in the South came up with a poll tax and basically made uh, voting unaffordable. You couldn't afford to vote. You had to pay to vote? You had to pay to vote. That's what a poll – you had to go to the poll, yeah. you had to pay a tax. Wow. Um, which is about as offensive as it gets. It had to be illegal. Well, they found it, it – yeah, it's unconstitutional. Poll tax is unconstitutional. 11% excise tax – on guns and ammo That's, is the exact same thing. But the left never follows the rules unless well, it fits their narrative. I'd say the anti-gunners never follow the right. rules. You know what I mean? Unless it fits their narrative. Unless it fits their narrative. Now, the other the other offensive thing about that 11%, it's not just, it doesn't just go into the general fund. <laughs> it goes, uh, they they send it off to, to organization to anti-gun 501c3s. Isn't that crazy? So they, they give it to charities that are anti-gun. This is pushing a political agenda. No, oh, gee, Mike, 513s aren't political. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good what luck you, selling that. Come on. Uh, so they have all these anti-gun uh, 501c3s that are fighting gun violence, and they're going to fund it with this 11% tax. So okay. look for a lawsuit on that too. But go to uh, uh, either orangecountygunowners.com or sandiegocountygunowners.com. Make a donation. Help us fight this uh, right. the uh, SB2. And, well, you know, uh, he's blaming the, the oil petroleum companies for the high prices for gas here in California. <laughs> he's blaming them. So yeah. he says it's their fault, they're crooks. That's what it is. Wait, is he going to drop the California uh, gas tax? Of course not. No. Don't go anywhere, folks. We've still got a whole lot more show for you. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against 
an attacker that's bigger and stronger. That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with a training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It is totally free. How do you sign up? You go to notmesd.org. All right, Michael, what do you got? We got. So I got a story for you. Got a, okay. We got to have a conversation about somebody. Sure. Anybody I know? I don't think you know her. You may have heard me. You may have Chatting heard me about talk her. about it. I'm trying to think. I've you know I've kind of mentioned this before, but I really wanted. We had another. We had some, we had a development. Mm. Um. So, Marietta, up in Riverside County. Mm-hmm. So what happened was years ago, and we actually interviewed the folks that did this on the radio show years ago, like when we first started. Um, you know, it was really, really difficult, basically impossible to get a CCW in in, in California. And Riverside's previous sheriff, their current sheriff is Chad Bianco. He's about as good as they get. I mean, he's just – the guy walks on water, if you ask me. I really like him. Their previous chair, sheriff was a guy named Sniff, Sheriff Sniff, and he was bad news. Right. Not so, yeah. I didn't like him at all. He kind of he would issue if you were his buddy, you know, you know, good enough for me, but not for not thee. And yeah. uh, so he kind of quagmired the CCW system and wouldn't just really wasn't issuing. Um, and I it was I, I thought it was just an absolute travesty. Um, and there were pro gun groups that actually thought he was good, and I I just thought it was an absolute travesty that he got any respect from pro gun people at all. Um, he was actually a legit gun guy, though, meaning that he would actually go to competitions and shoot. Um, really? but, he would, but he yeah, but he wouldn't issue permits. He it was kind of this elitist attitude. Mm. So what happened was a bunch of the cities in Riverside, a bunch, uh, you know, like a handful of the cities in Riverside County, started issuing through their police chief and a uh, not permitium, but another online service helped them out. And it was kind of a like a Hail Mary, like, look, we're trying everything we can do here. So one of the things that they did is they required a personality test, it, a legit, actual, I don't mean this is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. I mean that part of the name of this test was a personality test. And what it's supposed to be used for is like first responders, especially cops and firefighters, um, how they handle stress, right. you know? Uh, it, it's not intended to be used for CCW holders. That's not what it was designed to do. And there's no requirement that you have to have the same personality as a cop to, to defend your life. So, but okay, fine. If that's what we got to do to kind of, you know, it was kind of a CYA for them, right? If that's what we got to do to get it one step further, fine. So we praised them. You know, hey, thank you, Marietta. Thank you, Banning. Thank you, you know, they're, like I said, they're about a half a dozen or so. Uh, thank you for doing this. But then Sheriff Bianco got elected, and it was a whole new day. And he started issuing, and, and that whole backlog that Sheriff Sniff said he couldn't get around, miraculously, Bianco did. And he started issuing, you know, passed the background check, you know, whatever. It was beautiful. So then we said, hey, let's go back to some of these cities and bring them, you know, into parity with with the county so that you're not having to spend an additional $200 on a personality test. $200. $200. $200. So it was an additional $200 to do this background check. Or it was not a back, it was not a background check. No, it was no, a personality, no, personality check. check. 
And I do want to emphasize, it, it doesn't, this thing doesn't tell you if you're insane. That's not what it does. You know, if you've, it doesn't tell you, you know, when you do the background check, that's when they look, Hey, has this person ever been committed? You know, that sort of thing. That's not what this does. Um, so they call it a psych evaluation. It's not, it tests your personality. Right. Um, and again, there's no requirement that you have the same personality as, as law what enforcement. Does personality have to do with gun ownership. I agree. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> but again, we kind of, and we, we, I remember we questioned them, uh, you know, in, in Marietta, we had some of the city council members, one of the city council members on Marietta years ago. Yeah. And we questioned him like, Hey, would, we, would, you know, would, and he kind of went, look, this is what I got to do to get this done. And we said, okay, you know, if that's what you got to do to get it done, fine. But now that things have changed, let's just make it the same process as the county. And they don't require a personality test. Right. So there was uh, years ago, there was a guy named Jeff Stone who ran for, he was a supervisor up in Riverside. He ran for state Senate. I was involved in his campaign. Um, and he, he, he didn't win. Uh, actually, Joel Anderson won, which was fantastic. Joel Anderson was a fantastic state senator who's now a supervisor. Um, but I did meet uh, Jeff Stone's sister. Her name's Lori Stone. Lori Stone decided to vi- uh, uh, run for Marietta, you know, city council. And I thought, hey, that's great. She was wonderful with Jeff. Jeff was very pro 2A. Um, you know, this this should be great. Reached out to her, reconnected. Um, pretty sure we, you know, not, not it was uh, Inland Empire gun owners. I'm pretty sure Inland Empire gun owners uh, endorsed her um, and talked to her about, you know, this personality test problem. And she was extremely interested in helping. And she would, oh, yep, I'm pro 2A, and yep, we're going to do this thing, and you know. Wow. So here's the the first step we took was uh, we went, she said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a meeting, uh, you and I and the police chief. I talked to the police chief, this guy named uh, uh, Tony, ah, oh, geez. Uh, his, his, uh, his name escapes me. Conrad? Anyway, so... Uh, uh, we had a uh, meeting with the police chief, and it sounded like this was going to go really well because she said, "Hey, I talked to the police chief. He just, you know, it sounded like it was going to be kind of a, hey, yeah, see what you're saying. Let's 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 work through this. It sounded like it was going to be totally positive. It was totally going to go our way. So I go in and I meet this new police chief, and the first thing he says is, "Hey, you know, we you know introduce each other, or whatever. Sit down. Hey, don't worry." We haven't used this test at all to deny somebody their CCW. I said, okay, um, then why do we have the test? <laughs> it's, it sounds like it's just a $200 fee. You know, if you guys aren't even using it to, to, to it. determine, you know, and man, the look on his face, he is the least impressive bureaucrat I think I've ever met. And I and you've met a lot, and I've met a lot, and I proceeded to figuratively pull this police chief's pants down and spank his butt in front of everybody because he was that ridiculously incompetent and had no idea what he was talking about. Really? And he said, "I said, look, this is a personality test. You guys are charging two hundred dollars. You're not even using it to make make a decision." Just get rid of the test and stop charging people. Stop bilking people for $200. He said, well, look, I'd argue with you that it's a personality test. You know, and he kind of had this condescending, you know, you know, 
pat me on the head, you know, look, son. And I said, okay, uh, it's in the title. <laughs> Personality is actually in the title of the test. And he started getting so mad. So basically professionally humiliated this guy. Not intentionally. He was just so bad and so, you know, horribly uh, informed. I mean, he had no idea what he was talking about. He had no idea what was going on. I honestly think he thought that, you know, it was just, I don't know, some volunteer who just had a minor concern. I don't know. Wasn't prepared. Didn't know what he was talking about. Wasn't able to, you know, didn't seem to understand the issue. Um, But dug in. Dug his heels in. Uh, So You challenged him. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. You give somebody a tiny bit of power, um, you know, uh, especially the the ill-informed and you know, vaguely incompetent and what happens, it goes right to their head. So at the end of it, he did say, look, here's what I'll do. I'm, I'm going to a meeting, all the police chiefs, um, with the sheriff. It's, you know, we do this every, I forget month, every two months, whatever. I'm going to talk to the sheriff and see what he thinks. I said, Oh, great. And, and we'll, we'll revisit this and we'll talk more about it. So a couple weeks later, happened to reach out to the to the sheriff and said, hey, you know that meeting you were at last week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great meeting, whatever. He didn't reach out to you. I said, hey, did you talk to this uh, police chief from Marietta? Conrad, pretty sure. Can, can I'm pretty sure it's it's Conrad. I think it's Tony Conrad from, from Marietta, the police chief from Marietta. By the way, our secretary just arrived. <laughs> our, our internet whiz, Yeah, our internet Alicia. whiz, Alicia. She'll have this answer um, before we finish. And I said, hey, did, did he talk to you about you know, the CCW process and how they, you know, have this personality test or whatever. No, no, he didn't bring it up at all. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's super interesting. So I went and spoke with Lori Stone, who was there. Um, you know, she set up the meeting and she was there through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she agreed that this guy w- was horrible, this police chief. And he was, at the time, he was fairly new. Like, I don't even think he'd been there a full year. Um, uh, and uh, she agreed that he, it was horrible. It was a horrible display, that he was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, we need to start formulating some kind of plan. We need to get this in front of the city council. We need to figure this out, you know. Um, but, you know, the thing is, you got to be able to count to three. Um, in other words, you know, there, there are almost always five people on the council. And you have to get three votes. You know, you don't need four. You don't need five. But you got to get. You got to be able to count to three. So she said, "I know one of the people will vote, and you know our way. I know he will. No problem. I. I but I. I don't. I don't know if we can get a third vote." And she said, "You find me that third vote. I'll introduce it, um, and boom, we'll have it." Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I went and got her a third vote. And one of the other city councils was like, yeah, you know, I'm a little concerned. You know, I don't know much about the subject, you know, I, you know, in this day and age, in this environment and in California, but I want to learn. I want you to, you know, I want you to, you know, convince me and let's really, really talk about this thing. And so I explained to her what we all know, you know, you, you go, if you're getting a CCW, mm-hmm. first off, you've already gotten a background check when you bought a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second, you got to go through a background check that's even more thorough than the background check that you went through to buy a gun. Mm -hmm. You know, they check everything. I mean, it's a very thorough background check. 
and I'm gonna I'll finish the story about about Lori and everything. But I got her the third vote. I okay, got her I, the third okay. vote. Hold that thought. Let's wait and see what happens. Because this is just like a sitcom, folks. It, well, it, it, gets, it gets it gets a lot more calm than sit. Does yeah. it really? All right. <coughs> well, yeah. don't touch that dial. Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to listening to Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent. The photos are beautiful and the website looks great, but it's just not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Visit SageTree.com, click on the Schedule an Appointment button at SageTree.com, and hit that Schedule a Button call. All right, we got a great story. So we're talking about CCWs and trying to get rid of the personality test in Marietta, and at this point, um, Lori Stone, one of the city council members, had asked me to, she said, hey, I need you to get a third vote, you know, that she had two votes to get rid of these personality tests. So on Friday, May 20th, 2022 at 11.15 a.m., I said, I sent her a text. You have the votes to remove the 100% personality test requirement for CCWs. Uh, the trick is not to ban it, but language that offers guidance, like it cannot exceed 10% of the applicants, et cetera, et cetera. Require a report from the police, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's the next step? Well, she didn't text me. She called me and said, okay, we're in. Let's do this thing, you know. And uh, they were trying to figure out how exactly to to word word this. You know, what what language would it be in? Um, and I, hey, if I can help, you know, I know it's a little complicated creating a reg. You know, let's let's figure this out. Thank you, very very cool. And she liked it. You know, she liked my little comment. Uh, you know, and that was that. Well, time went on. Um, uh, this was uh, uh, July twenty second. Uh, 2022, said, hey, I'm pinging you on the initiative to get rid of the personality test for CCW. And she said, if I, if, if I bring it up, okay, so now her whole tone and everything has changed. Mm. If I bring it up, it will be after November 8th, the election. I said, okay, if, does that mean you aren't certain? She said, yes, only if I have the votes. And I said, you have them. I assure you that you have them. Because I helped her get them. She said, uh, uh, don't share that with me. I can talk to only one colleague. Well, she'd already talked to one because it's part of the Brown Act. She'd already talked to one colleague. She knew she had that person's vote. And I'd already assured her that she had one other vote. She was the one that told me, go to this person and see if you can get the vote. So I asked if we could could schedule a call to discuss. This was uh, July 25th, 2022. Um, and she said she's getting ready for a city council meeting uh, that has a you know big agenda. We eventually talk, and suddenly everything had changed. Oh well, uh, I've just been so busy. Okay, well you know it doesn't take that much effort. Like, what do I do to help? Oh well, 
Um, there's just so much else going on. Okay, well, the election. Okay, well, you know, and I'm, I'm basically helping her through all her excuses. And then she finally goes, well, there's all these mass shootings that have happened. <laughs> okay, what are we saying here? What's going on? It sounds like you've completely changed your mind. Um, because she assured me. She said, hey, you know, she was there in front of the police chief. We talked about it extensively after, you know, she was all on board. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And now she won't do it because she's busy, because there's an election, because there's a full agenda, because there are mass shootings. No, she's been gotten to. I said, you know, if anything, this can be uh, and should be couched and and phrased and, and positioned as something that will help stop mass shootings, you know, making sure that somebody can. Uh, you know, defend themselves when there's some kind of mass shooting. Uh, well, no, no, she wouldn't talk to me about it. She wouldn't talk to me about it. Basically hung up on me, and that was that. Really? So. Uh, <clears throat> fast forward. Fast forward, and uh, so we started talking about it. You know, we said, hey, this guy, it's, his name's Tony Conrad, right? Were you able to find him? It is Tony, correct. Tony Conrad, the police chief. Uh, you know, we put it out there like, hey, the police chief is uh, standing in the way of this. And, uh, you know, oh, by the way, Lori Stone said she was going to get rid of it. And now she's not going to get rid of it. She's got every excuse in the book. Um, so uh, did that generate a response? Well, uh, not a little bit, you know, a little bit. Um, the, the police chief is an interesting mixture of, um, you know, he's he's got absolutely nothing to be arrogant about. And is extremely arrogant about it. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're not. You're what? the least impressive person I've ever met. You know, but he's pretty, you know, confident about his whatever. Well, of course. So, um, you know, we started to touch on it. Started to touch on it, but then things flared up again a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, she uh, started. Desi actually went up to talk about our women's program. Mm-hmm. You know, about not me. And apparently, you know, she started talking to. To, to Desi about it. And Desi's like, I, I'm not involved in the politics. You know, I run the women's program. You know, talk to Mike. You know, I'm, I'm not involved in the, in the political part. Um, and so I, I sent that to, to Lori. I was like, look, you know, she runs the women's program. You know, and talk to somebody about politics, talk to me. Uh, because it's, it's a problem. Uh, Lori, is, is Lori Stone, the f- city council member from Marietta, is going around and pretending to be this red-blooded Republican conservative uh, and she wants she won't support the Second Amendment. Hmm. I mean, in in word, right? Oh no, I'm pro Second Amendment. Well, of course. But w- but when it comes time to actually do something about it, uh, uh, she wouldn't. Uh, she said that uh, now, um, she, what she wants to do. Let's see. Let me look here. Um, now, what she wants to do is uh, she wants to debate. Now she's all in favor of this personality. Test calling it a mental behavior, a mental mental behavioral health, uh, and a part of the CCW, and she wants to debate it. She she thinks she's in the right now. Now she's all for this ridiculous personality test, um, and uh, you know she said uh, she's claiming she didn't lie, which she did. She said she was going to do something, she didn't do it. She's she's lying. Um, she said that once elected, I did my due diligence. And I and council has zero authority to change the program. The chief is not our employee, and the city manager will not agree to my request, and I cannot get another council member to support this effort, um, uh, as you've stated. 
Uh, if you're adamant about this issue, why haven't you come before our council? Again, game on. And I said, this isn't a game with me. It's people's rights. You told me you'd bring the resolution forward if I got the third vote. I got her to agree. Then you went back on your word. So at no time did she say, hey, you know what? I need you to come up and talk to the council. And, uh, you know, this, this third vote, you know, how would she know I don't have this third vote? if she's not allowed to talk to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm not mm. here to play games, Lori Stone. We're here to try to advance people's rights. We're here to stick to our word, you know, uh, and I have done that. So now she wants me to come up and, and talk about it at the council, which, by the way, the makeup of the council has now changed, you know, and I think in her favor, uh, I would think that the actual it, – it, the, the people that got elected – are, are more pro-Second Amendment. You know, the other thing is you heard my text saying, hey, you can't just ban it. What you have to do is basically you have to do like this stick and carrot approach. You have to say, hey, look, uh, you know, we want to see a 5,000-word report on each, you know, uh, mm-hmm. person that you require uh, giving a personality test, uh, to, you know, because we want to see your, your reasoning as to why you gave them a personality. It, that's the kind of thing I, I stated. This is, this is a little complicated, but it can be done. She's hiding behind semantics. She's hiding about, behind, uh, you know, a procedure that she clearly doesn't understand. Um, uh by law, I can only talk to one council member, and I did, um, and got a no. Uh, I'm city hall. I'm in city hall getting ready for council. Our city attorney and our chief stated the NRA has backed off of the city of Marietta. By the way, they will not force this issue for your edification. Since I don't have a second to bring this forward, you may want to attend a city council meeting and request this be a future general. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the ball is in your court. The ball has been in her court. <laughs> For over a year, and she did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's completely, you know, talking out of both sides of her mouth, <clears throat> completely butchered this whole situation. Uh, you know, come to the come to a meeting and ask the mayor to agendize this. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's absolutely ridiculous that she um, has completely twisted and turned. You know, she started with a pro-Second Amendment stance. She started basically saying, hey, I want to help. This is important to me. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe the, you know, uh, things got tough or whatever. She's now making up excuses. That first time she texted me, she didn't say, hey, you know what? Um, we got to sit and talk because I got to tell you, I did some due diligence and I found out that, uh, you know, we can't do it or whatever. None of that happened. That wasn't her. She's completely lying. You know, none of that happened. What she told me was, oh, I'm busy. Oh, the agenda's full. Oh, mass shootings. <laughs> At one point, she said, I'm afraid that the police chief will quit if we do this. And I don't want that. Really? You're really afraid that the police chief will quit? And oh, by the way, Marietta would be a better place without this clown. Um, so that's what we're dealing with. You know, people ask me a lot. Uh, about Democrats, you know, oh, gee, Democrats can't trust them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, well, what if we back a Democrat and they and they, they say they're going to do something, then they don't do it. Lori's a Republican. Lori tries to pass herself off as, like, queen Republican. And we did back a Democrat. What we have and before. She's a sheriff. Well, and we, she's not the only one, but yeah. But, I'm just but what saying. I'm saying is I'm worried about everybody yeah, <laughs> going back on their word. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, because they say... They just tell you what you want to hear, they think. 
Yeah, Lori can't be trusted. Um, you know, we don't have a candidate to run against her yet, um, but I think we need. This is the type of the situation where we need to find a candidate and knock her out. Uh, you know, of office. I mean, you know, using words like "game on." I, I don't really want elected officials who are, who, are, who are playing games with me. Yeah, this is a game that we have See, to. They don't understand. You take this dead serious. It is serious. Yeah, I, I mean, this know. it's a civil right. You know, but they I, don't get it. I mean, she wants to debate me. Like, what debate? What's there to debate? A personality test for two hundred dollars shouldn't be necessary. One of the things we've done is uh, is uh, we've we've really put the word out. Hey, look, if you're in, in Marietta, do not go to the police chief to get your CCW. Oh yeah, don't spend the two hundred dollars on the personality test. Go to the county. Go through the sheriff. Uh, you know, because I in I think it's 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 an it's corrupt. It's a, an abuse of power. I have no idea. Where's this two hundred dollars going? Why is it so important for the police chief? Anyway. Day in the life of politics. Lori Stone, bad news. You can't trust Republicans just because they're Republicans. Absolutely. You can't trust politicians, period. Period. But Lori Stone, particularly bad news. She refuses to do anything to help after going back on a word in line. And uh, we need, we need, we need, people need to know that. Only way to fix it. Vote, vote, vote. There you go. Right here on Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1178. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the San Diego Gun Show is returning October 21st, 22nd. It's the second gun show since the, they banned it from Del Mar Fairgrounds, and we need you to come out and support the event so we can keep on growing the gun show and help educate people that it's normally want to be able to protect yourself. The Gun Owners Symposium is also happening. Free with gun show admission, $15. What's a symposium? Two full days of speakers, and San Diego County Sheriff Kelly Martinez will be there. Uh, She's confirmed to be a presenter. More guns, more speakers, more prizes, more food, more coffee, $15. But you can go to gunownersradio.com. And get a little $2 discount coupon. Check it out. All right. All right. I think we got him this week. I think we got him last week. Did you? We we had a controversial Yeah. Uh, oh, situation. that's right. Yeah. We got it. We, you know what? Here, let's get him on the phone. Sam, you there, buddy? Yeah, how are you guys? Fantastic. So there was a little bit of controversy last week. They retroactively right, right. gave him a win. Um, did, you so re- as, did you research as that? Promised, as promised, I did my research. Um, the, uh, I did not get the answer right. Um, the pistol I was talking about, but got the name wrong. Um, the correct name is Colt Mustang XSP. No. Well, okay. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> no. All right. Wasn't no, close enough. No, it's not. It's not close enough. All right. Okay. Cause I was, I was getting texts. Well, wait a minute. He might have some more to say. Did no, you, do you? Go or ahead. Is that it? Well, no, that was it. It was just, um, the uh, the the question was about what what does Pinto mean for handguns and right. and the correct answer was um, it's a revolver made with parts with different finishes sort of a dog's lunch of whatever they had on hand whereas the um, the the answer I gave was a, a completely different handgun right. uh, a little polymer framed 380 derived from a 1911 that Colt made for a while 
Did you just say a dog's lunch? I have not heard that one. That's, <laughs> Did you hear that, Brendan? I haven't heard that for a long time. That's one you ought to put in your bo- your book. Uh, oh, with the other a dog's uh, lunch with the <laughs> with buffalo the and the nickel. Yeah, scene. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam, what exact? How would you describe it? What what is what does that term mean? A dog's lunch. That's a cliche I haven't heard in a long time. Um, it's a, a whole mix of of all all sorts of different stuff. It, you know, working working behind the counter at a gun shop, I picked up a lot of colloquialisms that maybe are not used so much anymore, but maybe were used when a lot of the customer base were uh, younger. He's talking about old people. I felt I, I felt like a shot. I think he's talking <laughs> about like was, old people. I felt Down like range. a yeah. I felt like a Uncle Mike. You're kind of old. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here's the question. Oh, Alicia, you want to do the honors? Okay, go for it. Yes, Sam. So our question today comes from Ben, and Ben is from El Paso. And the question is, what is Comstock scoring in competition shooting? Ben from El Paso, what is Comstock scoring in competition shooting? What is Comstock scoring? You know what? I have no idea. Yeah, this is pretty – this is – it's still gun, right? It's still gun world. But this is uh, this is pretty. Uh, it's a specialized niche. Very. <laughs> okay, go for it. What's the so? Is it final answer? You don't know. Uh, yeah, final answer. Uh, ben from El Paso, you are a wizard. You got me. All right. Oh. What's the answer? Uh, All right. So Comstock scoring is an effort to reward the fastest shooter that can shoot accurately. So it kind of finds a balance between speed and accuracy. A shooter may fire as many rounds at a target as they wish, thus uh, often getting a slower time. In order to achieve the maximum points in Comstock, in Comstock, you got to be able to say it first. Yeah. In Comstock scoring, points total shot minus procedural penalty points is then divided by the shooter's time through the stage to arrive at what's called a hit factor. The competitor with the highest hit factor wins. So basically, you can't you can't miss so fast that you take first place. It's kind of it's right. trying to avoid. Like, hey, this guy got a score. He, he only took him two seconds, and he didn't hit the target once. You right. Know? It, it's it's kind of that. It's my that's right. It's, but, you can't miss about. But Sam's not a competitive shooter. Well, it's well, it, it counts. It's in the genre. Are you just looking for ways no. to, to crumble this poor guy? No, I thought no, we, that, that's that is absolutely a fair question. It's a good question, it and is. it's uh, one of my it's my favorite kind of question because the answer is more interesting than. The question itself. There's 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 stuff to talk about there, and that, um, as as Dave said, I do not shoot competitively, uh, but that sounds to me like it forms the basis for what a lot of I what uh, I, I have seen secondhand of how modern action shooting matches work, um, where some of them will yeah penalize you for uh, for missing the target, um, so that. Just as you said, it's you're not giving first place to the guy who can miss the fastest. <laughs> you don't want to guy who can miss the fastest. All right, let's talk about your blog. Did you talk about the Diane Feinstein blog yet? Yes, he did. Um, I I mentioned that I did a, a blog post on that, um, but I I didn't really go into depth about it. Let's go into um, depth. So yeah, now, fi- that, now that it's been up for a while and and people can get over their shock at what I wrote. Why? No, why? I didn't. I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was artwork. I have. I've been. I'm proud to say I've. I have not liked Feinstein for decades. You're not alone. Uh, now that that being the case, I mean, uh, go ahead. Talk about your. Talk about your. Uh, your. Uh, your blog because I thought you put it. I thought you put it beautifully. Well, Diane Feinstein, as everyone uh, listening knows or should know, 
uh, longtime U.S. senator and longtime politician, really, from California. Um, she was a public official for 54 years. So I'd put money on that most people listening right now do not remember a time before she was in office. Um, and in that time, uh, particularly in her time as a U.S. senator, um, she her voting record really reflected a disdain for basic civil liberties, namely uh, the right to privacy, which admittedly is not enumerated in the Constitution, but is generally considered a basic human right, um, and the right to keep and bear arms, which is enumerated in the Constitution. She uh, she routinely almost every time she got the opportunity, almost every time she got the opportunity, voted to expand uh, the government's power to surveil U.S. citizens and uh, voted to take away parts of your right to keep and bear arms. So now let me play something for you. Let me see, because this is uh, a couple of things I wanted, I wanted to touch on. Uh, this was a 60 Minutes interview back in 1995. Let me see if I can make this work here. California Senator Dianne Feinstein worked for more than a year to get the assault weapons bill passed in the face of ferocious opposition from the National Rifle Association. She says she got the best she could. If I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in, I would have done it. I could not do that. So here's somebody who on 60 Minutes is is extremely sad that she was she couldn't get 51 votes to uh, completely take away your civil rights. You know she's she just was breathlessly you know complaining about the fact that oh my gosh you know and I you know there was a part in your blog where you said look you know you're not I forget how you put it but you were just like look I'm not saying I'm glad she she's gone you know as far as his death goes but we can talk about her career I think it is very fair to say hey look I'm not going to celebrate a career like hers I'm not going to celebrate somebody who who tried to do something so heinous and horrible as you know to compl- not just limit but completely take away a civil right and and bragged about it on 60 minutes you know, and, and lamented the issue. Oh, well, poor, uh, poor me. I couldn't get the 51 votes to take guns away from every single American. You know, it, it's, it's mind boggling. It, it really is. And I thought the fact that you wrote this and the way that you wrote it were extremely great. You know, it just, it, it you know, as soon as somebody, you know, passes, I mean, so she passed away and her career ended on the same day, you know? So that doesn't mean, that doesn't take away our ability Mm -hmm. to criticize her career, which is exactly what people were trying to do. And here Sam did an excellent job of writing this up. At what age? I mean, he didn't know this lady. She's like 157 years old. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's a guy with a perspective that I think needs to be looked at. I mean. Sure. I, I was, yeah, I was. I well, was, interestingly enough, so Sam, how old are you? I'm 24. So Sam's 24. We were talking about the fact how when I was about 24, I might have been 25 or 26, but we were about the same age, um, you know, and I'm I'm much older than that now. I'm like twice that. And uh, we, I, I actually gave a speech in my speech class in college uh, you know, uh, basically damning her for for all the things that she'd done, <laughs> and really? that's how long she's been in office. That two guys from two different yeah. generations, 
you know, are have both the same opinion. Have the same opinion about the same politician who's in the same position doing the same thing. Wow. But uh, anyway, I thought you did a great job, Sam. I thought Serious. it was well worth it. Please, everybody out there, go to San Diego County Gun Owners dot com. Click on our blog page. Look at his Feinstein uh, article and share it. And then sit back and watch the meltdowns. Oh yeah! <laughs> I was just going to say that the fight's not over too because we have Lafonza Butler who just replaced Feinstein's seat, and she's like Even extreme, worse. extreme. Yeah, I know she was a, a, a strategist and a advisor for Kamala Harris's 2020 pre- presidential campaign, and you know how well that went. So uh, it's it's going to be still a very hard fight here in California. So uh, you know, just wanted to throw that out there too. Awesome job. All right, man. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Sam. Appreciate it. I uh, did a good job. Um, and I look forward to your next uh, blog post next yeah, week. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. As always, it's it's a real pleasure. And uh, thank you very much, everyone out there, for listening. All right, buddy. Thanks, dude. Keep up the good work. You know when she was, by the way, real quick, you know when she was mayor of San Francisco, um, the the night stalker, the serial killer, mm-hmm. was, was uh, killing people in right. the Bay Area. Right. He, I mean, he was bad news. He was, you know, and uh, they, they had some evidence on him and the cops said, do not release this. And she, for political reasons, released it. And he got rid of the evidence, went to L.A. and killed more people. Yeah. When she was mayor, that's, it's, look it up. It's, it's not even, that's not a conspiracy theory. Wow. That's factual. Anyway. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening in. Like and subscribe our show. Uh, leave a comment if you'd like. And please support our great sponsor, San Diego County Gun Owners. Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, San Diego Flight Train, International, big shout out to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, and Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, and the big dog in the house, Brendan Thomas. Don't touch that dial. Bob Siegel is here to enlighten you for a solid hour on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Oh, yeah. yeah.